1: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolina.ca.com. Let's talk today.
0: And the Emmy
2: goes to. And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to. And the Emmy goes to Breaking Bad. Bad Men. Modern Family. The Homeland. The Crown. The crown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the Next Best Series podcast, where we talk about television, part of the Next Best Picture podcast, Umbrella. I am your host, Matt Neglia. time of recording is 9.15 p.m. on July 12, 2022. Happy Emmy nomination day, everybody. It was chaos. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, man, there is so much to talk about here in terms of what got nominated, what missed out. What surprises there were in store for everybody? Uh, Of course, there were things to celebrate, and then there were also things that broke our hearts here. We're going to be going over the Primetime Emmy Award nominations, giving our thoughts on everything that transpired this morning. And here to help me do that today, I have Nadia Dalamonte.
0: Hi, everyone.
2: And Will Mavity. hello, hello. Hello. So the 74th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards are going to be held on September 12th. The Creative Arts Emmys will be held before that on September 3rd and also on the 4th in a two-night event. I'm kind of like kicking myself right now because I'm going to both Telluride and TIFF this year. And Telluride takes place during the Creative Arts Emmys and TIFF takes place during the actual Primetime Emmy Awards. So I'm like... Shit, I'm gonna miss everything this year. (laughs) But hopefully in the lead up to that, we have some good conversation to be had here in terms of who got nominated, what's gonna win. But I will say this, we're not gonna be talking about winners on this episode. No, 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 no. We're gonna hold that off until next month's show in August before the ceremony on the 12th. And also, too, for the sake of just time, we're not gonna go into depth on the Creative Arts Emmy nominations from earlier this morning either. Otherwise, we would be here all day, and I can only handle so many three-and-a-half-hour podcasts in my life. Speaking of which, if you have not had a chance to listen to our Stranger Things Season 4 review uh, that was three-and-a-half hours long, I highly recommend you do check that out because it was a great conversation about a show that got lots of Emmy nominations today. So, in first starting off with you know, what happened today with the Primetime Emmy Awards. I guess what I want to know is, Nadia, from your point of view this morning, how did you hear about the nominations? Did you watch them? What were your overall thoughts before we get into specifics?
0: So I unfortunately didn't get to watch them live, but I did catch up on them via Twitter later on in the day. And a lot of mixed emotions, (laughs) I think, the Emmys did sort of okay with their nominations this morning my overall thoughts some pretty exciting first-time nominees this year some wonderful new shows getting recognized in their first seasons which is really exciting a couple of overdue nominations and some delightful surprises and then there are of course the questionable nominations and the snubs and then there's the limited series categories which are a bit perplexing which i'm sure we'll get into later um but overall a lot of favorites from this year's nominees and i do want to end my overall thoughts by saying two words ray Seahorn. yes
2: yes finally yes finally two nominations too so exciting Mm-hmm. well mavity same question to you uh, how did you hear about the nominees this morning and what were your overall thoughts
1: Yeah, I was watching them on my phone, Uh, so I kept wanting to—I should have had my laptop. I kept wanting to consult my predictions, because it's hard immediately to process, like, who missed. Oh, yeah. You know, you need to look at your predictions when you're hearing it. Um, So I just kind of decided to go with it, and for the most part, it took a minute, like with limited series, to really process, oh— the staircase wasn't there. Oh, under the banner of the heaven wasn't there. By and large, it was a nomination announcement morning. I love Jv Smooth. I didn't feel like they had great announcement chemistry this morning. Thought the
2: gag with the the Emmy statue fell kind of flat. Honestly, I it almost came off to me like they didn't want to be there.
1: Yeah, I I definitely felt that way too. And I mean, it's very rare that anyone seems super hype to be doing one of those things early in the morning, but yeah, it uh you know, it wasn't what I would call a, a standout announcement set. By and large, I liked most of the nominations aside from the limited series stuff. I think my big thing was, you know, there's some years at the Oscars when it feels like the voters just didn't have enough time to see a lot of stuff. We kind of felt that way uh, in the, the 2019 year with the Irishman and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Jojo Rabbit, where it seemed like they just didn't have time to watch really the full spread. And so you kept seeing like the same four films in every category. And to an extent, I would say a lot of today's nominations felt that way as well. And, you know, that's probably because we're in a great period for television right now, and there's so much to consume. But it was a little bit of a bummer to see, you know, a lot of years in the, the writing and directing categories and the acting categories, you'll have a few things that weren't nominated for the overall Best Series Award. And that wasn't the case this year. I mean, with the exception of one or two acting spots, it was pretty much whatever showed up like in Best Drama Series was also, that's where all the directing and writing nominations and most of the acting nominations were going to come from. And, you know, it's fine because a lot of those shows are really good, but it definitely was a bit of a bummer, much as I love Succession and Ted Lasso in some of those shows to just have everything pulled from them and it felt a little bit uninspired. I wish we had seen a little bit more love spread. Um, But I do echo the Rhea Seahorn comment. I've been waiting for years for her to get nominated. And yes, as you said, she got two. So that's wonderful. You know, there's a lot of people I'm happy to see nominated. I'm happy Yellow Jackets showed up, really liked that show and Melanie Linsky with it. There's some great nominations, but I definitely would have loved a little more variety.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I definitely echo a lot of what you're saying here, because my big takeaway from this morning was uh, I keep getting this sense that Emmy voters don't watch a lot of shows. And then once they like a particular show, they just vote for it everywhere. How else do you explain The White Lotus getting all these acting nominations or everyone from Ted Lasso being nominated? Same like you said, Will, with Succession. I mean, in those three shows in particular, led the nominations uh, this morning. Limited Series, The White Lotus with 20, Comedy, Ted Lasso of 20, and Succession, topping even what it did in its Emmy season winning year with season two, scoring 25 overall nominations. Absolutely wild that these shows are getting, you know, this many. I mean, you know, I like these shows. I don't think anything's undeserving necessarily. But I agree, Will, I want to see a little bit more love spread out as opposed to seeing a couple of shows just dominate everything. And the only way that that can happen is if Emmy voters see... I'm not saying see everything, because it's impossible to see everything. But just... Put in a little bit of effort to see a little more that's really all we're asking now in terms of uh the nominations themselves here going through them uh one at a time i'm only going to go through some of the ones outside of limited comedy and drama here uh just so that this way we can make mention of them for example outstanding variety talk series there really wasn't anything different here we had Daily Show of Trevor Noah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Late Night with Seth Meyers, and The Late Show of Stephen Colbert. Disappointing not to see any uh, women in this category, Uh, but it's pretty much the default lineup that I guess we were all expecting. And John Oliver is probably going to walk away with another win here in this category, because as we've been saying for years, he's practically the new Jon Stewart.
1: Yeah, I have nothing to add there.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We also saw in Variety Special pre-recorded Adele, One Night Only, Dave Chappelle, The Closer, Harry Potter 20th Anniversary Return to Hogwarts, Norm MacDonald, Nothing Special, and One Last Time an Evening with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Lots of noise this morning created by uh, Dave Chappelle, The Closer, getting nominated here.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm very disappointed that happened. I'm not shocked. He's a big name. And um, there are... I'm sure voters who either don't know or don't care. Probably. Yeah. That's
2: the only explanation, right? Yeah. Outstanding variety Special, same types of nominees that you would expect here. Grammy Awards were here. The Oscars were here. Uh, live in front of a studio audience, The Facts of Life and Different Strokes made it in here. The Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show, with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Kendrick, Lamar, and 50 Cent made it in here. And the Tony Awards, Broadway is back. I mean... Pretty much to be expected uh, for the most part.
1: Yeah, I hope the Oscars don't win. That was a pretty terrible
2: show this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if anything should win, I would love for it to be the Tony Awards, honestly.
1: Yeah, or, or the Super Bowl this year was fantastic.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed the Super Bowl, too. Uh, outstanding host for a reality or competition program. We have Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman for Making It, Nicole Byer for Nailed It, Padma Lakshmi for Top Chef, Queer Eye hosts for Queer Eye, RuPaul Charles for RuPaul's Drag Race, and Shark Tank hosts for Shark Tank. Which I think if you look at like our overall predictions for this, we pretty much like got all of these right as well. So once again, nothing to really write home about here. Same thing with Variety Sketch series, a Black Lady Sketch Show, and Saturday Night Live. We knew there were only going to be two nominees. It was very easy to predict that these would be the two nominees. And then Outstanding Reality Competition Program, once again, we're seeing a similar trend here with shows like The Amazing Race, The Voice, Top Chef, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Nailed It getting in. Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls uh, made it in here, though, so that was pretty nice to see amongst some of the uh, other contenders that we tend to see every year. Outstanding Animated Program, I cannot tell you how ecstatic I was to see Arcane make it in here, uh, alongside Bob's Burgers, Rick and Morty, The Simpsons, Ugh, and then I don't know why. Maybe it's name recognition, but What If made it here. I'm sorry, but I did not think What If was really anything to write home about. I'm sure there were plenty of people that enjoyed it, but I don't know. I I thought that there were better animated programs this year than that.
1: Marvel's become a pretty mighty campaign machine at this point, so I'm not going to count out anything they put out anymore, especially in the non- like drama series category so pretty much anywhere else i'm gonna be expecting them to be able to get in so.
2: i was gonna say like in the creative arts emmys they picked up quite a few nominations here but i mean they didn't have anything as strong as one division uh last year that's for sure
0: right
2: outstanding television movie daniel howard's favorite uh category a category that will and i have discussed uh, pretty extensively as well oh man this was very interesting today Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, Ray Donovan the movie, Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon, The Survivor, and Zoe's Extraordinary Christmas. What is it? What even is this category anymore?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been saying since I think 2019 that it's it's stupid having a a separate category for TV movies at this point. Uh, And it just gets more. I mean, ever since the Academy, the film Academy relaxed its requirements in 2020 for having to have a theatrical release. And so you start having films like Uncle Frank that literally just decided to be submitted for Emmy consideration on a whim by the Academy. And there was no distinction between a TV movie and a movie. Yeah, it seems stupid at this point. I genuinely do believe if a movie is a movie, just let it be a movie. But I do think it's interesting. Um, it does seem like this year, Josh Parm and I were kind of talking about this. It does seem like this year the TV Academy was kind of not punishing, but they certainly weren't embracing those movies that decided to compete as TV movies instead. Uh, you know, you, uh, you had, what's the Jenna Ortega movie? The Fallout. The Fallout, yeah, that premiered at South by as a movie. And it didn't get in here, which is a bit of a surprise. The Survivor got in here, but Ben Foster wasn't nominated. It didn't get in for makeup anywhere. Uh, It it did seem like a lot of those movies that were trying to compete here instead were kind of shut down in favor of things that were more explicitly like TV, like a Ray Donovan special and a Reno 911 special. So um, I think in a way that's the TV Academy saying, they agree, and that movies that were made to be movies don't need to just be fudged in here. It's not where they belong.
2: Yeah, I kind of agree because I was shocked beyond belief to not see Ben Foster nominated for his performance in the Survivor. I really thought that was something that was going to happen. You know, the Ray Donovan actors have been embraced before, uh, they weren't mentioned here either. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, I wouldn't expect that to necessarily show up in a tremendous amount of places necessarily. Uh, But overall, I agree, if you will, where there definitely seems to be also a bit of a marketing shift in terms of if you're going to have the TV movies compete with the limited series, I've noticed that like a lot more marketing money is being put behind limited series instead uh, in the phase one uh, part of the awards campaign strategy. And then not to mention, too, from just the overall audience members perspective, when you're watching something that's, say, six hours, nine hours long, you're getting more story, you're getting more depth. Compare that to a two-hour film, it can look inferior by comparison, and the playing field just doesn't seem fair at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's another reason it,
2: everything about having,
1: you know, movies at the Emmys just seems dumb. Right. I mean, of course, ultimately, if you're telling a story in a uh, hundred minutes, it is just fundamentally different,
2: yeah. Well, let's start off with those uh, limited series categories here. So, Outstanding supporting actor in a limited series or movie, we have Murray Bartlett for The White Lotus, Jake Lacey for The White Lotus, Will Poulter for Dope Sick, Seth Rogen, Pam and Tommy, Peter Sarsgaard for Dopesick, Michael Stuhlbarg for Dopesick. you're going to hear these titles a lot, people, and Steve Zahn for The White Lotus.
0: Which I'm very happy about, because in our previous predictions episode, I had mentioned Steve Zahn, so I got one White Lotus person in there. <laughs>
2: I was very happy to see Seth Rogen make it here. I actually think I enjoyed his performance in Pam and Tommy more than even Sebastian Stans, honestly. Uh, Lily James is in another category compared to both of them, I think. But I was really happy to see him make the cut here. Uh, No Wyatt Russell for Under the Banner of Heaven. I know he was a long shot, but I was expecting maybe somebody from that show to get in here. And the same thing could be said for... um, Naveen Andrews, who I think we all uh, had in here as a default nominee for The Dropout. Like, just by default, we had them all in our predictions. That was really surprising. Same with uh, Nick Robinson for Maid. Poor Maid. Oh, yeah, no, Made across the board, uh, for the most part.
1: Yeah. I just, so, Matt, I do think this is a proud example, as we were discussing. They just didn't watch enough shows. I mean, also, they really liked The White Lotus. And some of these shows like clearly enough voters saw the dropout for Amanda Seyfried to show up. But it really limited series particularly seems like a a
2: category where voters just didn't have enough time to watch everything. Because there are eight acting nominees from the White Lotus, eight across only two categories, because, well, none of them were submitted for lead. They were all submitted supporting. But still. If, you, if you're a member of the cast of the White Lotus and you, get, you didn't get nominated today, shame on you.
0: Molly <laughs> Shannon.
2: <laughs> that was not a personal attack, Molly. I apologize. I'm just saying. I mean, it is a little ridiculous. Uh, Will Poulter getting in for Dope Sick I thought was actually a possibility. I remember discussing it on our predictions. I jokingly said he didn't get buff uh, just for you people not to nominate him. But uh, I was... Uh, I was happy to see him show up here. There were other people I might have considered instead, but uh, Peter Sarsgaard being there for Dope Sick also uh, something that I expected. And Michael Stuhlbar getting in for Dope Sick over the staircase was something that we all uh, discussed on our podcast. And I think we were all in agreement that, that was more likely. So, nothing forever to really add here for the most part. Uh, overall, I think that it's a pretty strong category, uh, give or take like one or two nominees. Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or Movie is up next. We have Connie Britton for War of the White Lotus, Jennifer Coolidge for the White Lotus, Alexandra Daddario for the White Lotus, Caitlin Deaver for Dope Sick, Natasha Rothwell for the White Lotus, Sydney Sweeney, one of two nominations for the White Lotus, and Mayor Winningham for *Dopesick*. Only two freaking shows are represented in this category. They, come on, that's got to be that. That's just wrong. Yeah, especially when you have,
1: like, what, eight slots? Seven. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's so stupid. (laughs) The whole point of having more of these uh, slots is to give more shows the opportunity to sneak in there. It's...
2: Mm. I don't know. Like, for example, like, where's Andy McDowell for Made?
1: Yeah,
0: I I was surprised that she wasn't there.
2: I thought Juliette Binoche had a shot for The Staircase. Then again, I was, like, the only one on the podcast who seemed to think that uh laurie metcalf i mean Lori metcalf uh did show up elsewhere but uh you know some people thought she would show up here for uh the dropout and then none of the uh first ladies uh made it in here uh, i know some of us were thinking ellen burston would get in kind of as, as like a name check didn't didn't happen mayor Winningham uh getting in for dope was actually a complete surprise to me too i thought if anything they would have gone for um rosario dawson
0: yeah, I think overall, just to echo what's been said already, the fact that two shows are not, are represented in this entire category is pretty pretty boring. I just would have loved to see beyond Annie McDowell and Nika Noni Rose and Maid as well. She was also incredible. It just would have been nice to see some some variety here.
1: With Mayor Winningham, I think the thing is the Emmys really like her. She's been nominated what, uh, eight times. She's won two. So I, I think she's just an Emmy favorite. And also, yeah, clearly Dopesick was just one of like the only limited series they watched and liked, apparently.
2: Yeah, it's true. It is true. All right. Then next up, we have Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series. And here we had Colin Firth for The Staircase, Andrew Garfield for Under the Banner of Heaven. It's only nomination, by the way. Oscar Isaac scenes from a marriage, Michael Keaton for Dopesick, Hemish Patel for Station Eleven, and Sebastian Stan for Pam and Tommy.
1: It's a good lineup. I cannot believe that is the only under the banner of heaven nomination. That is
2: absurd. I honestly don't even think they watched it. I think they just checked off his name. Yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Hemish Patel getting in here for Station Eleven made me very happy.
1: Yeah, uh, that was probably the biggest surprise in this category for me, and I, I agree. You know, he, it's pretty cool how he his first feature was three years ago. You know, he had yep. been on some British TV, uh, but his uh, yesterday was his first film. And, you know, three years later, he's a leading Emmy nominee. And he was also I thought you were
2: going to say it feels like it just came out yesterday. <laughs> God
1: damn it. No. But, you know, and he's worked with Christopher Nolan. He's worked with Adam McKay. And, you know, it's it's pretty cool how far he's come in a pretty
2: short time. Agreed. Oscar Isaac also getting in for Scenes from a Marriage. Uh that kind of segues into our next category here. Uh it's very disappointing to me to see him get represented here for Scenes from a Marriage and not Jessica Chastain. Cause at that point, what I would rather they just do is just nominate him for Moon Knight instead. I also thought that he was stronger overall in Moon Knight, but that's just me.
1: <laughs> Accent aside, I agree.
2: Uh, Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie. We have Toni Collette in The Staircase. They just, they cannot resist her. I'm telling you. Speaking of that, uh, Sarah Paulson, Impeachment, American Crime Story. They can't resist. Julia Garner, Inventing Anna, Lily James, Pam and Tommy, Margaret Qualley from Maid. Look, Maid, everybody. Maid's here. And Amanda Seyfried for The Dropout. I should have seen that Sarah Paulson nomination coming. I don't know why I did not see it coming, but I really should have.
1: Yeah, nobody talked about the show.
2: I mean, speaking of which, like we were convinced on our uh, nomination predictions episode that Gaslit was going to be a thing because of the star power of Julia Roberts, Sean Penn and a few others didn't show up here. Not today.
0: Yeah, the buzz did feel kind of muted on that show. I think in retrospect, I feel like I really should have trusted my gut here and gone with Tony Collette to begin with.
2: Same. No, because I had her, and I advocated for her on the podcast, and I ended up taking her out. (laughs) So close. I got cold feet, and I went with Julia Roberts for Gaslit, all because uh, Abe talked me into it. (laughs) (laughs) Silly me. We all had Jessica Chastain predicted, too, and that didn't pan out. It's a bummer. Maybe they thought, hey, she got her Oscar. She's good. She was overexposed. We don't need to do this. I don't know. I honestly just think they probably didn't like scenes from a marriage or, or they barely saw it. Yeah. And then we have outstanding limited series. Dope sick, the dropout inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy and the white Lotus. How does, I, I'm sorry. Inventing Anna and Pam and Tommy getting in here over. Oh man. Made station 11, which they got writing and directing nominations and acting. Yeah.
1: You know, inventing Anna doing so well honestly reminds me of like Emily in Paris last year where it got so much hate watch and buzz from people complaining about it that I think it it just ensured enough people saw it instead of watching something better. People loved to talk about Inventing Anna because they hated it. And, you know, maybe there's a, a valuable lesson buried in there somewhere.
2: You know what? You could be right about that. And I got to reiterate this once again. Under the banner of heaven, just getting one nomination. I'm, I'm sorry. Even if you don't like the show, like if you watch just a couple of ep- episodes of it, like editing, you know, like something, anything. <laughs>
0: I think what's also perplexing to me is that we've had so many different limited series options this year, like such as the ones that we've mentioned and just got the five nominations.
2: Yeah, I think that's very important to note here as well, too. When you have comedy and drama series getting seven, eight nominations, whatever the number is, to have this category only be five when all is said and done, I'm sorry, but limited series is so popular now. Uh, Honestly, in a lot of cases, sometimes they're more popular than the shows that are in drama and comedy, uh, at least amongst what I can tell. I know like pretty much almost everybody watched the White Lotus. And I know I know a ton of people watch Pam and Tommy or uh Dope Sick was very, very popular, especially during the award season run uh from Michael Keaton back in the fall and winter. So it should it should be higher, but I know it's all based on how many shows they end up submitting. That's what determines the overall number of nominees and that's also why it fluctuates. So the more shows that are submitted the higher the nominee count will be.
0: Yeah, I think going back to Will's point as well with the the viewership around inventing Anna just made me think about like looking at all these shows that are nominated. They all had that, I think, around them as well as, you know, starting a lot of conversations mm-hmm. around them as well.
2: You know, the staircase didn't get in for uh, limited series, only getting those uh, two nominations for Colin Firth and Tony Collette as well. I know though that the buzz on that show definitely wasn't as strong as some of the other ones listed here, but made not getting in was a true surprise to me. I thought for sure that was going to get, going to get in.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is definitely, it's a snub. I would consider it a snub for sure. Definitely deserve to be there.
2: The other thing too, to also like point out is inventing Anna, if I remember correctly, like that's a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. So yes, inventing Anna being a Netflix show just over made is, I, I it's, it's just bizarre for me. I, I'm going to move on from this uh, over into comedy because there's only so much I can take with limited series this year. Suffice to say, I'm very <laughs> disappointed. Not to mention, too, I'm putting this out there for the entire world. If you have not seen Midnight Mass, don't let the lack of Emmy nominations today fool you. That show is so worth watching. My God. Mike Flanagan, your time will come. I promise.
1: Should have come with Hill House, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Cosign.
2: Outstanding guest actor in a comedy series. We have Gerard Carmichael for Saturday Night Live, Bill Hader for Curb Your Enthusiasm, James Lance for Ted Lasso, Nathan Lane for Only Murders in the Building, Christopher McDonald for Hacks, and Sam Richardson for Ted Lasso. You're going to hear a lot of Ted Lasso over the next couple of minutes. And you know what's crazy? When we did our nomination predictions, none of us were even considering the Ted Lasso nominations here.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say I had – I think a lot of us had SNL overperforming instead Mm -hmm. of Ted Lasso.
2: I also went out to bad for West Studio and Reservation Dogs, but that show completely underperformed today, unfortunately, as well. Uh, There was only so many new shows that were going to crack in this year. But, you know, I mean – Gerard Carmichael still made it in from Saturday Night Live. But I mean, it was a little surprising to not see uh, Kieran Culkin or John Mulaney, Jason Sudeikis.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think SNL probably does best um, during certain periods of time. A, when, you know, some of their their election years, election years. Yeah, I mean, that's. Right. I mean, I think that's that's a big part of it. You know, we don't have any Alec Baldwin being Trump or anything like that. So it's people it's just not as relevant right now. And also a lot of the big stars have left, I think, or are leaving and maybe people aren't tuning in as much. And, you know, it goes through these low periods while it kind of cultivates new
2: talent. All right, and an outstanding guest actress in a comedy series. We have Jane Addams for Hacks, Harriet Sampson Harris for Hacks, Jane Lynch, Only Murderers in the Building, Laurie Metcalf for Hacks, Caitlin Olsen for Hacks, and Harriet Walter for Ted Lasso. Great to see all the Hacks, ladies. I, I was glad Harriet Walter got it
0: there. Yes, yes. I absolutely love that Harriet Samson Harris is here and that my love for her on our prediction podcast has carried over because mm-hmm. what a well-deserved nomination a little surprising not to see tracy ullman here
2: well like uh, as we mentioned with a couple of other performers before who continually tend to get nominated by the television academy yeah but at the same time uh not as much surprised I, Kirby enthusiasm is still doing relatively well i would say but i don't think it's doing you know tremendously well if anything, I was like surprised to not see someone like uh, Gillian Anderson for *The Great* not show up here, considering how much of a favorite she is with the Television Academy too.
0: Yeah, that's true. Plus, also the two act, the two other acting nominations that *The Great* got. Mm-hmm.
2: So now for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series, Anthony Carrigan for *Barry*, Brett Goldstein, Ted Lasso, Tohib Jimo for Ted Lasso, Nick Muhammad for Ted Lasso. Tony Shalhoub, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Tyler James Williams for Abbott Elementary, Henry Winkler for Barry, and Bowen Yang for Saturday Night Live. Honestly, good category. Yeah, for sure. Not upset. There was no one missing here that like you know truly brought me down. I mean, Paul W. Downs being here would have been nice, or Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, Ted Lasso needed all those. Nominations, uh, but you know, I I do enjoy that entire cast.
2: I I mean, I thought Tohee this was his best season. Uh, or, you know, compared to season one, they obviously beefed up his roles. So, I'm not I'm not upset about it.
1: No, I'm not upset about it. You know, I'm not upset about it. it was it was another one of the like they didn't really share the wealth? But yeah, I mean, I love the show, and those are all great performances.
2: So, and Anthony Carrigan getting in is nice.
1: Oh yeah,
2: he. Oh, he's so good this season. I mean, for a lot of people, he's uh, people's uh, favorite aspect of Barry. Um, I'm glad that he was able to get in for what I thought was also his best season on the show. But well, we got in last year, too. Oh, yeah. And Tyler Tyler James Williams getting in for Abbott Elementary. How about that? He's wonderful. So all around strong category. I expected Ted Lasso to scoop up two or three nominations, so I was totally OK with uh, spreading the wealth. Uh, Next up, we have Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Alex Borstein for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Hannah Eyebinder for Hacks, Janelle James, Albit Elementary, Kate McKinnon, Saturday Night Live for her final season, Sarah Niles for Ted Lasso, Cheryl Lee Ralph for Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple for Ted Lasso, and Hannah Waddingham for Ted Lasso. Sarah Niles getting in for Ted Lasso once again. I like it. I wasn't expecting it, but I'm not upset. Yeah, I really like that nomination. Me too. Also really, really happy to see Cheryl Lee Ralph get in for Abbott Elementary. For the most part, though, you know, this was pretty predictable. I think we all knew Kate Kate McKinnon was going to get in here. But there was one miss in this category that did upset me, and that was Sarah Goldberg for Barry.
1: Mm. That is unbelievable. I mean, God, she had so many showy scenes this season.
2: Mm -hmm. It's weird. I I don't I don't know because clearly they saw the show, and they liked the show, and I don't know. Do you think that people just don't like her character?
1: I don't know. She got in uh, last season. Yeah, she did get in that year. Fucking yeah, hell! Because I mean, she's doing <laughs> showier and better work this season. It's very weird. That makes no sense. <laughs>
2: All right, then Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series, Donald Glover for Atlanta, Bill Hader for Barry, Nicholas Holt for The Great, Steve Martin for Only Murders in the Building, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, and Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso.
0: So great seeing Nicholas Holt here.
2: Seriously, he should have been recognized for the first season, and I'm glad that they were able to catch up and put him here because he is, no pun intended, great on that show. (laughs) The the Blackish love really wore off for the final season, uh, and that was like a reoccurring trend too. With on the drama side, with This Is Us, they w- they were not in the mood for final seasons this year. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise everything else in this category was pretty predictable. I would say uh, we all predicted Glover, Sudeikis, the two only murders in the building guys, Bill Hader. I mean, the only thing we messed up on was we all said Anthony Anderson kind of like as a default nominee for Blackish, and uh, Nicholas Holt getting in there. I I love it. I'm all I'm all for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I was very surprised by Anderson not getting in, but yeah, I mean Holt's fantastic, so I, no complaints there.
2: Outstanding lead actress in a comedy series: Rachel Brosnahan for the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary. She had a great morning. Kaylee Cuoco for the flight attendant, Elle Fanning for the Great, Issa Rae for Insecure, and Gene Smart for Hacks. So Kaylee Cuoco, I get it. But this second season of The Flight Attendant was not good. Nobody talked about it.
1: The first season was so buzzy. I,
2: I haven't watched the second season and just
1: nobody talked about it. it the, the buzz completely faded out.
2: Mm-hmm. I think if you take her out and replace her with, uh, I don't know, Selena Gomez for only murders in the building. I or
1: believe.
2: Right? Considering how much they embrace the show.
0: That is surprising just because of that yeah. show. I mean, it's so central to the trio so it is I'm I was totally expecting her to be nominated here
2: I think when you consider the fact that the other two are literally legends in this business and she's not yeah. it makes sense on that level especially if you have like an older voting block voting here but they're not afraid to vote young in this category, as evidenced by the presence of even some of the nominees here. So I don't know what the issue is. And also, too, like Anthony Anderson mentioned earlier from uh, Blackish, Tracy Tracee Ellis Ross also missing as well for the show's final season. Uh, but overall, looking at this category, like st- stepping back, I, I, I love it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy with the overall lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree, but I'm very upset about Selena Gomez.
2: <laughs> Outstanding comedy series, Abbott Elementary, Barry, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Hacks, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and What We Do in the Shadows, which, man, that there was a real fight on the podcast over what was going to get that final slot between The After Party, Reservation Dogs, Our Flag Means Death, and I don't remember who it was that brought it up on the podcast, but... What we do in the shadows getting all of those writing nominations last year. You know, you had to believe that that, that was going to carry over and repeat and sure enough I think they got two uh, this year and sure enough there it is an outstanding comedy series once again. And shout out to Daniel Howard too who mentioned that kerb your enthusiasm typically like I I always gets in. So he was right on the money with that as well. Uh, but all around Love seeing Only Murders in the Building, Abbott Elementary uh, getting in for their first seasons here. Uh, that made me extremely happy.
0: Yeah, I think it's a pretty great category overall.
2: No, I mean, it's it's a good lineup. I haven't
1: seen what we do in the shadows yet, but I guess. It, uh, <gasps> William. I've seen the original movie. I loved it.
2: Um, you know, and obviously I would argue that the show is even funnier, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, I've been meaning to check it out for a while, so I will. And yeah, I mean, obviously, let's not forget Jermaine Clement is the true creator, but obviously it's it's another sign of Taika is continuing to have a, a moment. True. Uh, you know, in part, helping uh, get this show in, and probably part of the reason he's maybe getting
2: overexposed
1: right now. But yeah, overall, it's, it's a good lineup.
2: I wouldn't have minded Reservation Dog showing up, though. And looking at, like, comedy series, like, overall, too, like... I agree. I would have liked to have seen more for Reservation Dogs. I would have liked to have seen more for Our Flag Means Death. But I have a feeling that's a show that's going to take people some time to catch up with. And I think I think we might see it perform better next year. A show that I am not surprised to not see represented well at the Emmys this year. Although I kind of just wanted it to out of sheer... Uh, curiosity, as well as, you know, kind of a chaos, chaos grenade standpoint was Peacemaker. Like, I like deep down, I knew it wasn't going to happen, but yeah, there's no way that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta didn't do that well this year. You know, considering how many years it took off in between, uh, you know, season two and three. Donald Glover got nominated. Uh, it got a directing nomination as well, but otherwise it didn't show up here for, best comedy series and there really wasn't that much. So that definitely took a nosedive. I think that that shows momentum uh, faded uh, and it was hurt really badly by the pandemic and it not being able to come back. Uh, But otherwise Ted Lasso, as mentioned before had a very great morning scoring the overall most uh, nominations on the comedy side with 20, but also watch out for Barry. I mean, other than the Sarah Goldberg uh, miss here, Barry did very well across the board, getting two writing nominations, a directing nomination for Hater. I'm rooting for him to win this year. I really, really hope he gets that award. Quite frankly, I would I would rather see him get that than get the lead actor award, even though I think he might even get that this year, too. It's going to be a real battle between him and Sudeikis.
1: Yeah, I, I think probably the feel good nature of Ted Lasso is going to carry the day. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh... <laughs> I adore Barry. It's maybe my favorite show on TV
2: right now. I I thought it was like pound for pound, like literally like the best show, comedy, drama, limited series. I I really thought it was the best thing I think I saw all year.
1: Oh, I definitely agree. But when you, uh, I don't know that it's going to land with all the voters in general, with that degree of darkness to beat something like Ted Lasso that just overwhelms you with good-naturedness. Also, like, Barry only moderately underperformed missing
2: Sarah Goldberg, but Ted Lasso stupidly overperformed, and I think that's the big thing. And a lot of us predicted that it might take a dip this year, too, compared to its first season. It didn't. Uh, No. All right, moving over to drama. Outstanding guest actor in a drama series we have... As we kind of joked about on our nominations preview, succession, 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 succession. Uh, it's Adrian Brody for succession, James Cromwell for succession, Coleman Domingo for euphoria, Aryan Moayed for succession, Tom Pelfrey for Ozark, and Alexander Skarsgard for succession. I called that Tom Pelfrey nomination, damn it. You did. Yeah, they.
1: They pulled a uh, Michael McKean. They knew they fucked up when he was like a regular in the show and they threw him a guest. They did this with Ben Mendelsohn, too. Yeah. For uh, Bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad he got nominated eventually, even if it was for the wrong season.
2: It's clearly a makeup nomination and it annoys the shit out of me. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I was not surprised to see the succession uh, nominees here. Arian in for Succession also made me very happy. I actually think Stewie's one of the uh, more underrated characters on that show. And I love his uh, dynamic with um, Jeremy Strong on it as well. And uh, yeah, otherwise, you know, this was pretty predictable. I mean, this is definitely the beginning uh, where I started to notice, oh, wow, they're not going for anyone from This Is Us, which obviously carried over later on as nominations continued. So then we have Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series. We have Hope Davis for Succession, Marsha Gay Harden to The Morning Show, Martha Kelly for Euphoria, Sana Lathan for Succession, Harriet Walter for Succession, and Lee Yu-Mi for Squid Game.
1: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmelinaca.com. Let's talk today. even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever
0: you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon!
2: Who was the big miss here? Was there one? So, the big miss here, I would say, was probably... Well, Jackie Weaver not getting in for Yellowstone, considering that... (laughs) A lot of us thought Yellowstone was gonna have a good day. <laughs> yeah, I I
1: uh-huh. guess now's the time to talk about that. I don't know what happened. Maybe kind of like the Film Academy, the the voting body has gotten shaken up, and it's you know while the Emmys used to skew very much like the uh, the over fifty white dude demographic, which is also Yellowstone's primary demographic maybe they have done a sufficiently strong job diversifying the Emmy body that that block doesn't carry as much weight as it used to. Maybe uh, Paramount didn't campaign the film as much, uh, the show as much. I don't know. I really can't explain it. But I mean, I'm I'm stunned. It crashed and burned, especially weird because it did so well. It's SAG, PGA, all kinds of stuff. I can't explain
2: it. Also, the popularity of the show is just like continuing to climb. It's I thought this was the year where like it would finally peak and the Emmys would recognize it. But no, Will, I think you uh, make a good point here that they tend to be skewing younger. You know, we're seeing that with nominations last year for things like Bridgerton and the boys. And I think we're seeing that this year, too, with an embrace for shows like Euphoria. And, you know, obviously in terms of shows, you know, that are popular, And maybe you're skewing more towards the demographic of the makeup of the Academy Television Academy. Now, you know, they go for something like Squid Game, which eclipses Yellowstone in terms of popularity, technically. Uh, So then we move over to Outstanding Supporting Actor in a drama series. And here we have Nicholas Braun for Succession, Billy Crudup for The Morning Show, Kieran Culkin for Succession, Park sue for Squid Game. Matthew McFadden for Succession, John Turturro for Severance, Christopher Walken for Severance, and Oh Young-Soo for Squid Game.
1: I really like this lineup. I'm glad. I'm so glad Walken got in here. I, I thought he and Turturro were both doing some of the uh, most meaningful work I've seen either of them do in 15, 20 years.
2: While I do echo that, I had preference for some of the other supporting players from Severance over Walken. I don't mind Totoro so much, but at the same time, I would have liked to have seen less recognizable names get their moment in the spotlight here.
0: Yeah, like Zach Cherry, Tremel Tillman.
2: Mm-hmm, exactly.
1: Zach Cherry in particular, I think, uh, is maybe the strongest performance in the show. Yeah. I think taking him from someone who's that annoying at the start to someone who you really root for by the end definitely very strong and I'm, i hope that this is one of those shows kind of like succession where first season does all right and it just continues to expand speaking of succession poor alan Rock. you know everybody else in the supporting cast is getting nominated you
2: just can't. <laughs> well you know what he did have that one moment where he finally like stood up and he's like, I'm the eldest son. Yeah, yeah. He was great there. But now it's like, you know what? Maybe maybe next year. You know, because I, I do feel that every year the character of Connor on that show is getting more and more material. Uh, But yeah, you know, you you fingers are crossed. That they continue that. Now, I can't say that I'm fully happy with this category because there are some people from Better Call Saul that are missing here, or or rather, let me just say, everybody from Better Call Saul is missing here. Not even the expected Mm -hmm. players like Jonathan Banks or Giancarlo Esposito. Like, the streak finally broke for them this year. Uh, But I would have liked to have seen Tony Dalton, Patrick Fabrian, or Michael Mando. But this just goes back to something that, like, I've said a couple times now on this show. I mean, Better Call Saul clearly has its fans within the Television Academy, but I think that the support for it is... Just barely enough that it manages to still get into the categories that it does get into. But clearly, it's not as strong as something like no. succession,
1: and you know, obviously it's a shame. it's it's one of the best shows on TV. But yeah, I actually I was a little nervous that it was going to miss out even on some of the ones that did get in today. I mean, we'll talk about it later, but it it mercifully got a couple nominations. I was not sure that either of those acting nominations were going to happen. And, you know, it's still we're not talking about below the line, but I'm I'm pissed it missed on cinematography. It's one of the best shot shows on TV right now. It didn't even get in for editing this year. That's insane. It's so well put together. You know, I I do think
2: one thing that hurt it was, you know, was was splitting it in half. Which let's be clear, I don't think they deliberately did that because of the Emmys. No,
1: Bob had a heart attack.
2: You know, they they delayed production on the back half,
1: but um, I I think probably ending it where it did. I think if we'd gotten like a full final season, I think this could have maybe been a year when it finally did better if it kind of got to go to its completion. Yeah,
2: because now I'm worried that the second half or batch, if you will, of episodes that are airing now for next year's consideration, I'm worried that it's too far removed now considering the show yeah. doesn't have that much love clearly within the Academy uh, v- right now it makes me very worried that it will be able to hold on where it should be get like next season should be it's like crowning moment uh, but it looks like it might be destined to go the same route as something like uh, a this is us where the final season it just completely tapers off yeah I hope that's not true but
1: well, you know what? Uh, maybe at the very least, um, they uh, I'm not going to name names, but maybe next year they can do what they did this year with um, Tom Pelfrey and previously with Michael McKean and nominate a, a, a certain actor for guest actor for next season. Oh, yeah. I think that's possible. I, I could
2: see it. I would like to see that happen, but it's a good episode, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would, it would be a good submission. The other thing, too, I want to also just say is, you know, as we're getting deeper in these drama categories here, is that it's important to note that uh, popular shows that I know a lot of people were asking me on social media uh, did not qualify for this year's Emmys. They're qualifying next year. That being the second half of Better Call Saul after the midseason break, as we mentioned before here. Uh, Same applies with Stranger Things. Volume one was in consideration this year. And Volume 2 will be for next year. So those final two episodes uh, will be for the 75th Annual Primetime Emmy Awards. And then The Boys. I had a lot of people ask me, why did The Boys not show up, especially after its performance for Season 2 of the Emmys getting writing and drama series nominations? That will be for next year. So don't worry. <laughs> they didn't just magically snub these three shows. Uh, in, in well... In the case of Stranger Things, Better Call Saul, they did get nominations, but you know what I mean. Okay, uh, let's keep moving. So we have up next supporting actress in a drama series. We have Patricia Arquette for Severance, Julia Garner for Ozark, Young Ho Yeon for Squid Game, Christina Ritchie for Yellow Jackets, J. Smith Cameron for Succession, Rhea Seahorn, yes, for Better Call Saul. Sarah Snook for Succession, and Sydney Sweeney with her second nomination of the day for Euphoria. This is a great bunch of ladies,
1: but there are a couple that I was pretty pissed missed. Yu Yun Jung for Pachinko.
2: Pachinko across the board!
1: Yeah, only getting in for title design. I mean, I know that show, you know, some people have said it's a little too, like and isn't necessarily as like edge of your seat as some TV is, but it's so well crafted and put together. And I thought for sure her, at least coming off of that Oscar win, she would have a good shot getting in. They didn't watch the show, pure and simple. Yeah, I think that is pretty much the only explanation. And, and you know, like, I don't know that I would have voted for Sydney Sweeney here. I think that's definitely could to switch those two out. I, uh, I know some people really hoping Sadie Sink would happen, but if nothing else, this season put her on the map and will help
2: her out maybe for the whale come Oscar season. Or maybe volume two next year. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, who knows? You know, because she could get in for the finale.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely possible.
2: Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm celebrating until the end of time. Rhea Seahorn finally getting a nomination here. Thank God. About time. About time. We all predicted Sarah Snook, Christina Ritchie, Young Ho Yun for Squid Game, Julia Gardner, Patricia Arquette. Those were the gimmies. It was everything else after that where we were all over the place. Nadia, you and I, we thought J. Smith Cameron would get in here. She did. I thought at least one of the Stranger Things ladies, either Millie Bobby Brown or Sadie Sink. But yeah, I, I, I guess... That was a case where maybe Stranger Things opened up too late. Yeah, I think that's exactly. I don't know. Or or maybe it's just a thing where they don't go for the cast anymore and it's just purely a craft show.
0: Yeah, I think also just in looking at the lineup itself and in comparison to people who did get nominated, it's hard to picture who would miss in favor of one of the Stranger Things cast members here.
2: I I do agree with you on that, yeah. Like, asking to knock somebody out, like, maybe Sydney Sweeney, but, you know, well, I understand like, you know, you said before, maybe maybe she wasn't your, you know, cup of tea this season for her performance in Euphoria or something, but, like, there was just a lot of buzz about her, her character. She's also, I think, just rising in popularity right now on social media. Absolutely. Being in the White Lotus also helped, so... But otherwise, I would probably say either her or who knows? Maybe Rhea Seahorn was last and she just barely made it in. <laughs> honestly, probably. So certainly yeah. wouldn't want to lose her. No, no. Let's hope that she continues to get nominated uh, for the final. Well, the back half of the final season next year as well, please. Because I, I think at this point, she's actually like the MVP of the whole show. Honestly. Oh, Yeah. Outstanding actor in a drama series. We have Jason Bateman for Ozark, Brian Cox for Succession, Lee Jung-jae for Squid Game, Bob Odenkirk for Better Call Saul, Adam Scott for Severance, and Jeremy Strong for Succession. You know, we had a very intense discussion over who was going to miss here. Turned out to be Sterling K. Brown for This Is Us. Which
1: I'm bummed by, but this is is a strong lineup. I I wouldn't want to lose any of these
2: guys, honestly. Yeah, no, that was like the... Dilemma. You know, we all knew Bateman, Cox, Zhang uh, Zhe, and uh, Strong were all going to get in. After that, it was kind of all over the place. You know, some of us thought Bob would miss again because he missed the previous year. But I think, especially with the heart attack, I, I do think that that narrative helped bring him back this year and hopefully it it will keep him here. He should he should never have even missed in the first place last season. No. Uh, but hopefully it will keep him here and he can also then uh oh, maybe pull a John Hamm and Mad Men and you know win for the final season. I pray and I hope that that's possible. But I'm not I'm not holding out hope for it. Adam Scott getting in here is really satisfying. I'm I'm very very happy that he was able to make it in for Severance. Yeah.
1: yeah. Excellent performance there.
2: All right, and then Outstanding Actress in a Drama Series, we have Jodie Comer for Killing Eve, Laura Linney for Ozark, Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, Sandra Oh for Killing Eve, Reese Witherspoon for The Morning Show, and Zendaya for Euphoria.
1: Really surprised that both of the Killing Eve women got in after the overwhelmingly negative reactions to the finale.
2: So it's funny because... (laughs) We all predicted Jodie Comer. None of us were willing to go for Sandra Oh. We all had Jennifer Aniston for The Morning Show (laughs) instead of Reese Witherspoon. And we all had Mandy Moore for This Is Us. That was our fatal mistake here. Otherwise, you know, swap out The Morning Show nominee and replace, you know, Sandra Oh, I guess, with... Oh, God, I, I this is us, man. What happened? <laughs> you know, the, the joke online that I saw was that the uh, Television Academy only has room for one network show every year, and this year it was Abbott Elementary, but they're not even in the same category, so... I think part of it is, um,
1: you know, I think probably a lot of the new members aren't working with network projects as much, and I think there is probably more loyalty to projects that come from some of these uh, streaming companies instead. I mean, it's also, you know, I, I I don't know that the networks are in the game as far as campaigning as much as some of the streamers like Apple TV and HBO and Netflix are.
2: That is true. Mm-hmm. I, and, and Hulu as well. I mean, they, they are all putting forth a lot of campaign dollars behind these shows. But I will say this. I am so, so happy that Melanie Linsky made it for Yellow Jackets. I was getting oh. nervous there for a bit, but I'm glad that she was able to, uh, get in there.
0: Oh yeah. It's, it's one of my absolute favorite nominees of the morning. She's so fantastic on the show. If you haven't already seen it, please go watch it. It, she's, it's I, I, my favorite performance of hers to date actually, which is saying oh, yeah, a lot yeah. because she's everything. So it's just wonderful to see her there. um, Killing Eve, yeah. I mean, I know we were all predicting Jodie Comer, but I think given the reviews for this latest season, I wasn't expecting both to be to be here.
2: Yeah, but you know what? Abe on our podcast did mention that Sandra Oh, she got nominated previously yeah. for the show. So I'm not surprised, you know, but I, and I guess maybe it's either one of two things. Either it's name-checking, or they just really feel that the performances were able to rise above the shitty writing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, she is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, it's just a shame that it was for yeah. the
2: season. All right, and in an outstanding drama series we have Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things, Succession, and Yellowstone. No, I'm sorry, Yellow Jackets. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it was going to be a lot of TV shows that start with S and a yellow show, you know. I'm actually okay with this. <laughs> I'm I'm okay. You know, Squid Game got in here, that was great. This is us missing shocking. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, Stranger Things was actually the show I was most worried about. I really 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 loved this fourth season a lot, so that was a personal pick on my part. I think the real story here though is, yes, I know people want to talk about, like, Severance and Squid Game and Yellow Jackets getting in for their first seasons. We can definitely talk about that, but Euphoria's jump in nominations from season one to season two is quite something this year. I mean, did you see, like, how many craft nominations it also got in for as well? Well, I mean, it is,
1: no matter how you feel about the writing and some of the performances, and it's it's an extremely well-put-together show. the the crafts are across the board pretty well done and they're very showy and i think that's another one it's certainly uh, a more well-regarded show than something like inventing anna but um you know it is one of those things where some people hating on it increased the buzz and it's just So visible everywhere and it's constantly talked about. And I think that goes a long way. People feel compelled to watch.
2: Yeah, I think Zendaya's win for season one also helped a lot as well. Uh, You definitely saw a lot of buzz for the show build after that happened. Uh, Another thing to also mention is that it didn't get in for directing or writing nominations, but it did get a lot of craft nominations, though. So uh, Severance getting in for its first season, it performed really, really well. Getting in for, I mean, everything: writing, directing, production design, score, main titles. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it could pick up like some wins here because, especially like the writing, the directing, you know, pretty much everything I just mentioned. Actually, <laughs> it's all, it's all worthy. So I'm, I'm very, very happy to see uh, Apple get into. Uh, the drama series category, obviously having success with Tad Lasso in the past and having that continue here now with Severance is pretty cool to see.
1: No cinematography, though, for Severance, which is ridiculous.
2: Little shocking, little shocking. But then again, when I look at some of the nominations, just in general, I mean, you said so yourself before, Will, like Better Call Saul not getting a cinematography nomination is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, it's
2: weird. There wasn't a lot of love for Loki and Above the Line, but Loki gets in there. How about Winning Time getting in there for cinematography? Oh, oh, yeah. That's the only nomination that Winning Time had. That is weird. Who is the DP there? The DP for that is who? Tan Ben Hazel? I I don't know. That's weird. I really can't explain that. Nope, nope, nope. As I mentioned earlier, succession leads and overall nominations, but the real story, I think, uh coming out of you know, in terms of the headlines, uh, Squid Game becoming the first non-English series to be nominated here for Outstanding Drama Series. I mean, it's pretty cool to see just how organic the rise of that show was uh, around the entire world, might I add. It was a cultural phenomenon. And to see that get represented here uh, the way it has is really really great to see Um, and you know I've seen a lot of people mentioning that it will hopefully open up doors uh, for obviously more subtitled shows and movies to continue breaking forward but we've seen like a huge surge in South Korean content just do well uh, both across the film industry and now the television industry but there's one thing I cannot wrap my head around there's just one thing that's bugging the hell out of me So, Squid Game gets in for directing. It gets in for writing. It gets in for the acting nominations for its cast. It does not get a casting nomination. Oh, yeah. How does it not get a casting nomination? (laughs) My God. You know, because these are the things I look out for when I'm looking for, like, potential winners. I'm looking for who has a casting nomination, who has acting, who's got writing, who's got directing. You know, you kind of want to see who's checking off the most boxes here, you know? Yeah, that's weird and very frustrating. But Yellow Jackets did great. Uh, Getting in for drama series, directing for Karen Kusama. Oh, that made me so happy to see her get in here.
0: Oh, yeah, I was just going to echo a wonderful nomination, plus double nominations for best writing.
2: Yeah, the only show to get two nominations for writing as well. Yeah. Everything else in that category only got one. Every honestly, everything uh, about Yellow
1: Jackets showing up here because I, I echo Melanie Linsky, I, I adored her in that. I like the directing category in general. I thought that was pretty fun. If you look at the the nominees across the board, you also had Kathy Yan, you know, who previously had directed Birds of Prey, you had Lorraine Scafaria, who had directed Hustlers, getting in, and then obviously you had um, Ben Stiller getting in for. And uh, Jason Bateman, both of whom, you know, are as strong behind the camera as in front of it, if not more so. So I, I thought the the drama directing category was very inspired and a nice collection of people.
2: Yeah, it wasn't the DGA lineup where it was all succession nominations and nothing else.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: But I, I, I'm glad that of the succession episodes that they chose, I'm so happy that they chose those two. Because I was I was very enthusiastic to see, like you said, well, those two female filmmakers particularly get mentioned, but also too, their episodes, I thought were the best directed episodes of the season. So it all worked out in the end where I was not upset with the succession love shown in this category, because I got to tell you, after that DGA lineup this year, I was heading into the nominations like, my God, are we going to get like five nominees from succession and directing? (laughs) Beyond that, uh, do I have anything else I want to mention here? Um, Stranger Things, barely holding on to a drama series nomination, no acting, no writing, no... Oh, wait, no. Did it get in for directing? No, it didn't. It just got in for drama series and crafts? I mean, what I mean, like, are we expecting it to fall off for its final season? Is it gonna? I mean, even if I say if it pulls a Game of Thrones on us, the final season of Game of Thrones still managed to do well. So maybe Stranger Things is here to stay throughout the whole, you know, course of its run, no matter what. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it kind of feels that way with like with Ozark, too, right? Where I mean, this final season really wasn't embraced that well, and yet it still managed to get in into all the categories it needed to. I think as long as Stranger Things stays as buzzy and as much
1: of a cultural phenomenon, it will keep getting in. Just because, you know, it, it being that talked about keeps it on people's brains. Honestly, regardless of how much they like it. Yeah. And I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, it helps to have uh, to have writing nominations and acting nominations, obviously. But when you have as much below the
2: line support as it does, that goes a long way. I mentioned uh, earlier Moon Knight as well. And, uh, you know, no mentions of Loki this year, which was a little bit of a bummer. I know that on our nominations predictions episode, we barely talked about it. Like no one even brought up Tom Hiddleston for actor, but It's kind of a shame because I actually preferred Loki to WandaVision. Honestly, I think WandaVision just really benefited from, you know, two things. One, the pandemic year, and two, that was a television show that was riffing off of different styles of other television eras, which I think like a lot of Academy voters, you know, ate up. Uh, But Loki got a few craft nominations, at least. At least. They got like eight. Uh, No, I think the biggest, well, not the biggest thing, but I I think, you know, Loki premiered, what,
1: a year ago? Was it really that long? No, it couldn't have been that long. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll tell you, it premiered (laughs) on uh, June 9th. It premiered over a year ago. I think that was a big part of it. June 9th, 2021. And also, you know, there's been a lot of Marvel content since then. I think WandaVision was their first big Disney Plus show. Maybe it was a little more fresh and exciting. And now there's been a bunch and of varying degrees of popularity. And I don't know if that um, has kind of taken some of the sheen off. But I, I think the biggest part is, yeah, Loki was huge over a year ago. And it's... Hard for any show to stay in the conversation that long, especially when it isn't necessarily the studio's primary focus in the campaign. Yeah.
2: So all around, like when it comes to drama series and who got in for the top category and just, you know, in general, how shows were recognized this year. I don't really have much to complain about. I would have liked to have seen more Better Call Saul love. I think Stranger Things deserves to be recognized at least in directing. Maybe not so much writing, but like I do think the ambition of that show should get recognized. Euphoria, man. (laughs) I I mean, sure. (laughs) Okay. I, I don't know like I I don't know what this is gonna do to Sam Levinson's mind, and that's what freaks me out the most, I think. <laughs> like how he's gonna react to this. <laughs> but Yellow Jack is getting in was amazing. You know, as echoed before, Severance getting in, Squid Game. It's a strong year. I, I I definitely have no hesitancy in saying that. It's a strong year.
0: Yeah, there was one um just thinking going back to the Crafts nomination, there was one show that I kind of thought would show up in costumes, and that was the Gilded Age. Yeah,
2: they, they really did not go for it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I know it did not have, obviously, as big a holes as a lot of these shows that we were talking about, but just in terms of the more technical categories, just not even showing up there was kind of, you know,
1: just I noticed it. Yeah, because it got into production design. Yeah.
2: Well, I actually thought of you uh, when I was looking at the you know, some of the craft nominations for things like score and sound. Uh, But with score in particular, I mean, it feels like it's going to be a real battle between severance and succession there, right?
1: Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. I think succession will probably take it in part because I think that show is going to probably win drama series and it's going to do well across the board and in part because Nicholas Bertel is just so big and buzzy right now, and I love the music in Severance. I think it's really good. But I, uh, I think when people think of Succession, the music's iconic, and it's one of the the main things people think. He's
2: of. won for, the, and he's won for the theme, you know, the main title theme. But he hasn't won for the composition for the actual dramatic score yet. So. I agree. Maybe it's like a Raman Jawadi situation. It took them it took them a couple of years to get up to him with you know Game of Thrones. Maybe, but I don't know the the music for Severance. I I do think that at times, and I know it's cliche to say, I do think the music is almost like a little bit of a character and helps create the identity of that show.
1: Definitely. Oh, it's amazing! Is the Waffle Party theme is so good.
2: Yeah, I have no hesitancy whatsoever. In saying that, Stranger Things will win visual effects this year. Yeah, I mean, do you guys think? Do you guys think anything else could possibly overtake it? Let's see.
1: No, I mean, because like Book of Boba Fett and Foundation didn't do well across the board. You know, it's it's not like Book of Boba Fett performed like The Mandalorian. So yeah, yeah, Stranger Things definitely going to take this.
2: And then I always love looking at, like, the new shows that appear in, like, main title design, and I once again come back to something like Severance. I feel like that would be the winner in that category, but does anybody else have, like, any other ideas for main title design? Well, Pachinko would done better, maybe, but... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, I maybe. think Severance probably has this.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was just going to say, Only Murders in the Building is is a cute one, but in ter- but Severance should have this, I think.
2: It's also very funny to me to look at the documentary categories to always see, like, which, you know, films we were considering at some point that became like, you know, streaming documentaries end up here. Mm-hmm. Lucy and Desi. Yeah, yeah. Lucy and Desi. Or uh, I remember when The Beatles Get Back came out and we were like, oh, are we supposed to be reviewing this? Like, <laughs> you know, Well, it's, it's because Get Back was originally um, announced
1: as just a documentary that Peter Jackson was doing kind of like. They shall not grow old, but he had so much footage, it ended up expanding into a series.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, does anyone else have any other like call-outs or like anything they just want to shut out before we go?
0: Beyond Rhea Seahorn. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
0: no, I think just to reiterate my love for Yellowjack, I just love that Yellowjackets went as far as it did, and it didn't stop at acting or Mm-hmm. even drama series just to see get writing and directing just a wonderful show for just great uh, great success for them this morning and I also wanted to shout out first nominations for Al Fanning and Nicholas Holtz. I didn't uh, have them in my predictions so it was a nice surprise to see them both show up here.
1: Yeah, I echo all of that. I love Yellow Jackets so much. You said it got in for casting, right? Ah, uh,
2: casting for a drama series. Yellow Jackets got in there, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think that yeah. obviously there's more than just uh, casting actors who look like each other. Uh, but aside from the fact that it, it is incredibly well cast in terms of quality, uh, in terms of quality performance, it was pretty stunning how well they cast that their young counterparts. Um, everybody is so excellent in that show in both timelines. So I, I was really happy to see that get in
2: for casting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally agree.
2: Uh, I think my only ever shout out would be, I think Stranger Things is going to clean up and make up for Vecna.
1: Yeah, they've been doing so much promo on that. You mentioned that show with uh, Gaslit.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The, uh, I think part of the reason, all the promo they were doing was for the makeup in the first place with Kazuhiro. And so, um, you know, that missed out with its actors, but it got in for its prosthetic makeup, which is admittedly impressive. But I, I think Vecna's just so buzzy right now. I think you're right. And, I, you know, you can't go on Twitter without somebody sharing that BTS footage.
2: True. Oh, you know what's the one thing I didn't look at? I didn't look at what got in for stunts. I always like seeing what gets in for uh, stunts in a television show here. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, Moon Knight. The Blacklist still manages to get in here. The Book of Bubba Fett. Okay. The Witcher. 911 Lone Star and Stranger Things Season 4. Ah. <laughs> uh interesting Mm, stranger things would probably take. Barry's going to win stunts in the other category Uh, uh, if not that like maybe Hawkeye but I would be kind of shocked if Barry didn't win stunts I mean I think Barry's going to do really well overall but that's uh for our next podcast we'll we'll be going into the predicted winners for the 74th annual primetime Emmy awards so with that said uh Nadia will do either one of you have anything else to add before we leave
0: I loved uh, how well Abbott Elementary did as well.
2: Yeah. The only thing with Abbott Elementary is that it is missing a directing nomination. Yeah. That's the only thing. And you know what? They have two only in the murders. And they only that was a mouthful. They have two only murders in the building nominations here. They could have knocked one out and they could have made room for it. They could have. They could have. (laughs) Totally. Hey, at least Ted Lasso only got in for one, right? We could add a situation where it was like Four Ted Lasso nominations or something uh, Will what about you Any other final call outs or
1: I think we've pretty much uh, Covered
2: everything I'm Rhea Seahorn Rhea Seahorn <laughs> yes we cannot say it enough <laughs> We'll say it until we're blue in the face Rhea Seahorn
0: Rhea if you're listening we love you
2: Clearly <laughs> Oh my gosh Alright well Will Mavity, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Mavericks Movies. Nadia Dalmonte, where can I find you on the internet?
0: You can find me on Instagram at Earth to Films and on Twitter at Nad Reviews.
2: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 28 of the Next Best Series podcast. Not Next Best Picture Podcast. But it is part of the Next Best Picture Podcast Umbrella. So if you haven't subscribed to us, Feel free to do so on any one of the podcast networks that you listen to. We are part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, drop us a comment. We appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us, including when we do, not always, but do sometimes do television reviews like we just did recently for Stranger Things Season 4. And we'll, you know, probably start doing more of those as time goes on. Uh, But we also have our monthly Next Best Series shows where we release a preview for free. But if you want to get the full length episodes of those that are not Emmy related, you can do so by subscribing to the Patreon there. So definitely do so if you have not already. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we shall see you all next time.